And you are listening to the Cutting Up Podcast with plastic surgeon Dr. Ross Blagg and comedian actress Cece Chambers, where we discuss everything people do to their bodies and the love-hate relationship that we have with plastic surgery. Remember, if you can nip it, tuck it, cut it, suck it, pluck it, pull it, dye it, do it. Welcome to Cutting Up. I am comedian, actress, producer, CeCe Chambers. I am here with Dr. Ross Blagg. Who is a fantastic plastic surgeon currently at uh, Primary Children's Medical Center Hospital here in Salt Lake City, but moving to... Austin, Texas. To work at... Synergy Plastic Surgery. With... Malin Kerr. (laughs) (laughs) Get excited. And with us now is... Jackson Carter. So I have some great news. We decided to add Jackson Car- Jackson Carter as a permanent. They always come back uh, for more kids. Huh? He's already been a part of our family. Now he'll be a more permanent fixture on the show. A louder fixture. Yeah. 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 Right. And we needed the noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're not putting things in my mouth right now. So I'm you... not. <laughs> um, so. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So you're moving. So we are going to be having our podcast with Ross, uh, Dr. Ross, uh, Skyping in. And so we'll be able to see his cute face. But you guys won't be able to unless you go to his website, www.rossblagmd.com. Okay. And um, Jackson will be here with me. And we'll have some of our other doctor friends um, coming and going in some of the future podcasts and adding their flavor and scalpels to the situation. <laughs> and if you hear any moaning, it's probably me going, no, not that one, um, as I beg for work while we do our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we are going to talk about Hollywood and plastic surgery. 90210. Right. So there is, um, what was that doctor? Well, there's uh, Dr. 90210, but there was that plastic surgery show uh, all about that. Remember, it was like on HBO. Mm, Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah, FX. That's <laughs> why we brought you in. Thank you. <laughs> my thing, my whole thing about this subject is, okay, now I'm 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 a Gemini, so my bipolarism on this is warranted. I should be expected. Number one, I I am I am not a size zero. I am an eight ten, depending on the maker. 34, 36, double D, wide shoulders, former professional athlete. And when I work out with people, they're like, holy shit, you've got a lot of muscle. I do. But the little bit of fat that I have on me makes me look bigger than I am. Or fat. Let's put it that way. I work in movies and TV and things like that where it's expected. And TV and the camera does put 10 to 20 pounds on you. So it's expected to have a certain look. There is a big wave against the pressure to look a certain way, but yet the people getting the roles look a certain way because there are still women willing to look a certain way. Right. The plus size that you see in like the magazines, they're still like stunningly gorgeous and their waists are still like teeny tiny. And they've had Brazilian butt lifts, which is like (laughs) the process. (laughs) Got a itty bitty waist. Yeah. Perfectly pert skin that's perfectly tanned. Right, and and these are girls that people don't understand that they may be full size, quote unquote, but they're still under five foot eight, or usually about five foot five, and they aren't any bigger than like a size seven. They just look bigger mm-hmm. than other women. Right. Um, 
what do you feel about the need to have a certain look, a certain size, and have all the surgery to be a certain way? Because Hollywood wants you to be a certain look, but that look is not real, literally. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard because um, I think, you know, when patients come in, sometimes they have an ideal of what they're trying to look like, but it's important to try to just be the best version of you, which I think is sometimes the message that quote-unquote Hollywood thinks they're giving out or certain, you know, people in the media, but then they're not really giving that message out with all the airbrushing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you can take lots of girls and, and make them look like Britney Spears in a camera, you know, behind a camera. Right. But, and so then it's unreasonable. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's more of a cultural, social problem rather than it is, I think, any individual's problem. But... Um, I think some people are better at it than others and, and trying to reach their, their self. But, you know, it's kind of in our nature, obviously, just to like looking at pretty things and that things that are visually appealing. I mean, sure is. Yeah. And you look at, I mean, even look at Bruce Jenner when Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn and they put her on, like, what was that, Vogue on the cover? Yeah. And like a That's, little... Oh, what was yeah. it? See, I always, I struggled so hard with Caitlyn's transition because she talked about how hard it was and I'm just like... And you had millions of dollars for plastic yeah. surgery, and you had a team of makeup artists, and you had a but he world didn't transition. Yes, he's she did. A ma- no, he's a man with the fetish. He still has his penis in nuts. That does not matter. Every, it has everything to do with identity. It has he, everything to do with he identity. He even says he, he if watch Ellen. <laughs> he says. I identify sexually as a straight heterosexual male. I have no intention of having my penis removed because when I am in bed, I am still straight. He said that on Ellen. Are you for real? And Ellen was pissed. He is a he is a well, man whose uncle has just touched him one too many times and confused oh, him. Oh, you're scaring the shit out of me right now, Cece. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm about to get fired up. Flip this table. I can now, see it. I, I can see it going. I, no, I I have transgender friends. Joellen is like one of my good friends. I love her. I've supported her through all of her transition stuff. I have other trans friends that have transitioned. There is for me. There is a big big difference between um, people who do drag, people who are trans. Uh, not transsexual. Yeah, transsexual. Should we move this to the transgender? Well, and trans and and transvestite, and then others. But for you're talking about, we brought this in well, because of Kaylee. Yeah, I think this is a prime example of how Hollywood makes the conversation because way more people now are talking about transgender, transsexual issues because of Bruce Jenner and becoming Caitlyn. So. I, I think probably that's a good thing overall. I mean, I thought that the interview that Bruce Jenner did uh, as Bruce Jenner, I guess, with Diane right Sawyer was really good. And I think it opened a lot. Of, I mean, I worked with a lot of transgender patients, so I feel like uh, if you don't enter, I don't think that everyone on a daily basis, either they don't realize that they interact with someone who's transgender or, or they maybe they actually don't. But I think it was a good story for people to hear. Sure. Yeah. But I do, you talk about Hollywood you know, making this image thing. I mean, if you look at Caitlyn Jenner on the cover of Vogue and you see Caitlyn Jenner in real life, they don't look like the same person. I mean, they made her look like, uh, a, you know, a, a model, a woman model in front of that. And 
I mean, if you when the reality the... is, she still looks kind of manly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, it's because she still has her. You know, <laughs> You're oh, really we stuck will, on that right now. We're gonna get into this. In the in the future, we're doing a podcast about transgender transitioning. Right, right? we are. So we're gonna get into this. <laughs> Jackson, we'll is look forward ready. to it. I'm gonna step back. Um, so, <laughs> but going back to Hollywood's perception of, or at least what Hollywood makes you think that you should look like. Um, I feel like I have a lot of experience in that realm because I was literally on a television show. It was about getting to look that about way. About not looking fat anymore. Yeah, right. And there's a lot that I could say about Biggest Loser, but I, I had a great experience and I had a great time and I would, wouldn't change it for the world. But it does perpetuate this idea that you need to change. Yeah. And they can mask it with this facade of you need to be healthy, get healthy, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they're not looking at our blood pressure. They're not nope. looking at yeah. anything. They are looking at that scale. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple of personal problems with that. But you're right. Hollywood wants us to look a certain way. They want us to fit a uniform. And if we don't, then there's a whole series of television shows and movies about trying to attain it. Yeah. And I do think, too, that if you think about human nature and you all, I mean, everyone sort of longs for the unattainable. And I think as soon as, probably as soon as Hollywood makes everyone look just like the average person, I don't know if anyone's interested anymore. Right. I'm still waiting for you to make me look like Angelina Jolie because to me, she's beautiful. She is. Right. I agree. But but she probably looks in the mirror and sees a scar here or like some cellulite on her inner thigh or something that we don't see. Yeah. And everybody has everybody their insecurities. Everybody has something, and everybody—that's what people need to understand—is everybody struggles with something. And I—I I have had struggles with body dysmorphia pretty much my entire life. Me too. When I was so, I started the show at 328 pounds, and on the finale stage, I was 190, and I was dehydrated, and I hadn't eaten two weeks. <laughs> but like. I still felt 328 pounds. Like, the scale had changed, and, like, I was wearing smaller clothes, but I still felt like I there was so much work that needed to be done. And I I had the skin removal, Ross did my skin removal surgery, and I still struggle with my body, and I still, you know... And at what point do I need to cut it off and just say, okay, I, I always want to progress. I always want to do a little bit better, but I have to come to the realization that I'm never going to be 100% satisfied. Yeah. And that's the thing is you want to be the best version of yourself, which sounds corny to say, but it's just true. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't have to be a size zero. That's not necessarily healthy, right? right. I mean, maybe you're not made to be a size zero and that's okay. Oh, I would never be a size zero, even if I I was anorexic. I and mean, even when I was anorexic, yeah. I was never that small. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Hollywood should be taken for what it is. It's just unfortunate because there are some people who will become, you know, they're susceptible to to body dysmorphic disorder, true body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah, hello. And, um, <laughs> I'm are so su- Jewish, I don't even look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but they're susceptible to that, uh, trying to achieve that ideal, and it can, it can become dangerous, but... It's rare, though, in plastic surgery clinic that you see people that are like that. For the most part, people are, I think, have a healthy understanding of themselves, and they're coming to make themselves better. I know. I was whining to Ross one day. I was like, nobody loves me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, just maybe work on accepting yourself the way you are. And I'm like, no! <laughs> no! That's fairy tale Disney bullshit, and I will not have it. <laughs> like, actually, it is. 
true. You should do that. He's like, do you understand what I do? Right. I can't look like this. Yeah. Well, I get a, I'm, I'm a curvy gal, and I will always be a curvy gal. Like, I just, I'm a big dude. My whole family has been big for as long as I can remember. And no matter how hard I work and no matter how few calories I ingest, I will always just be big. And it's, I have to, and I've gone through a lot of work and I've seen a lot of shrinks that have helped me try to figure out just be happy with where you are or try to like create a standard that's not so high. Mm-hmm. So six packs, six pack apps are not realistic, but maybe my tits won't jiggle when I brush my teeth, you know? Oh. Goals, hashtag goals. <laughs> hashtag goals. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just, um, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just interjecting anytime. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm told all the time that I'm beautiful. Oh, but, you're so beautiful. Oh, shush. Quit kissing my booty. Um, <laughs> but I've never heard you say the word booty like that. Yeah. It's so uh, tame. <laughs> but but at the same time, I, I always look think like, if I'm so beautiful, why am I single? If I'm so wonderful, why am I single? If I'm so this, why am I single? And why aren't I getting the acting jobs? Why aren't I getting this? And then I see the people I actually had a director tell me. I mean, this is after two callbacks, not just one. You have the audition and then two callbacks, okay? Then he tells me, like, sometime in the future, he pulls me aside and says, I just wanted you to know, we really loved your performance. There was nothing wrong with your acting. It was so spot on. But we had to pick somebody that fit in physically with the rest of the cast. I was like, okay, so you hired people who are five foot five uh five to five foot one and 110 pounds how about hiring some normal sized actors we all right i mean when i cast my movie everybody was within the same size and we all looked normal surprisingly weird i know (laughs) (laughs) crazy how that happened i know theory of relativity it really works well can i like can i throw something out like this yeah what i'm hearing is you're tying your self-worth you're tying your beauty to how other people are seeing you um, yeah, because I I agree. Remember I told you with that bipolarism? I actually agree with what the idea of beauty is. And I know that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> um, but it, I, 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 right. I, I apply to that. That is what I think is beautiful. And, you know, I was a pro athlete. And I agree with plastic surgery, not because I think I'm hideous. I think I'm okay. I think, you know, people tell me I'm pretty. But when I see photographs of myself, this, that, and the other, unless it's great lighting, this, that, and the other, yeah, I see every single flaw that I have. And granted, I am getting older, but um, by older by Hollywood standards means I'm over 32. I do I agree with the, with certain beauty aesthetics? I always have. Women like Angelina have been. That's what I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, but again, like so so much of your self worth has to be tied up with what you think. Like, it just... And I understand where you're coming from because I love looking at pretty men. Oh, I think pretty men are so fun. But I also understand that that isn't attainable for me. That's not realistic for me. And I... For the past three years since the show, I have fluctuated with my weight. I've been up 30 pounds, then down 40, then up 10. Just up and down forever. And I... And people say horrible shit. People who... That's the crazy part. That's the... No, people will come up to me. One day, I was talking to my friend, and I was giving her some diet advice. We were in the Target, 
and uh, I was giving her some diet advice. And this woman looked me dead in the eyes and said, well, whatever you're doing, it's not working. And people will just say horrible shit to me because of how I look. And that comment could have really affected me. Yeah. And it could have set me back. And I yeah. could have either, one, hyper-exercised and stopped eating, or two, went home and binge ate. But instead, I told her to fuck herself, and I went about my merry way. Because how she perceives me and how anyone else perceives me doesn't fucking matter. Even an iota. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah, and until people can realize that about their own life, you're not going to be completely happy. But, And I see patients all the time in, in plastic surgery clinic. Most often, they're patients who have lost some weight. They're usually women who have maybe had a few children. And they're in, in this state, he'll be in business for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, they come in wanting usually like a tummy tuck. And a, many have this kind of um, almost defeated air about them. Like they're already like they're not winning. You know, they're defeated. Well, yeah. after 11 and, children, isn't it more yeah. like origami folding something paper thin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not always 11 children. But, you know, I... Um, I think you really, like Jackson just, like, he totally hit it. You have to take control of your own life. And once you've done that, what anyone else thinks or, or says doesn't, that's that's their prerogative. That's their problem. It's not your problem. I wish I had gotten, I wish I had done my skin removal a year after when I had actually done it. Because when I did it, I was doing it because I wanted to look a certain way for other people. Mm. And, and it's probably now because I had it that I realized that other people don't matter. Like, if I am in mentally such a better place now than I was when I had my skin removal. So now, I would do it again, 100%, in a heartbeat, but I would do it for me this time, and I wouldn't do it for Instagram pictures or mm. Snapchat. I would, yeah. I would do it 100% for me, and anybody who's considering plastic surgery, I would really recommend you get in that headspace before you get anything done. Yeah, because sure. I had my skin removal, and like I still don't have a great body. And I could sit back and look and pick and, and look at all the things that I want to still get done, or I can be satisfied with the results because I did it for me and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Well, say that I'm in a good headspace because I know I want to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like talking yeah. to a brick wall. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like being in the, just the medical field and having done like general surgery, you see, you meet a lot of elderly people and a lot of people who are close to death. And I think when you meet and talk to people who are close to death, you realize what a lot in life doesn't matter anymore because you don't hear those people talking about these things when they're older. And, it, you know, that doesn't matter. They don't care what other people think. The things they say they wish they would have done is let themselves be happy or make decisions for their own, their own selves right. or allow them to live their own life. And I had this... Um, elderly lady that I used to go visit when I was over in Australia because I was applying to med school and wanted to have something on my application. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally selfish. But she was she was a total ball buster. But uh, she told me every day when Those I was leaving. cougars are. Yeah. She, was, she told me every day when I left there, she had some great life advice, but she would always say... The go. money's on the counter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she would say... You know, you're like staying around here too long. You've got, you're young and you've got good legs go. And she's like, grab life by the balls. And really, oh, you, I love her. Yeah. And if you think about that and somebody who's that old, like, you know, you're not grabbing life by the balls if you're trying to live up to something you're, you'll never be. And I think that's just setting yourself up for regret. And why, why waste those years trying to achieve something that's not going to happen only to later in life realize it didn't matter? So I think, you know, it's great to have goals and to try to achieve your best self 
and I'm all obviously I'm for plastic surgery because I'm a plastic <laughs> surgeon. But you know, I think a healthy dose of reality for each person, and just a healthy dose of like loving yourself before you go after. I do love myself. No, I That's know. why I want it. <laughs> <laughs> CC's going to therapy after this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually am a therapy, but at this point yeah. in life, this is considered maintenance. Yeah, okay. Highly anyway, violation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I mention bachelorplasty? <laughs> so, so we're talking about Hollywood, right? The game boy is just yeah. like uh, Hollywood and uh, loving yourself. Uh, Hollywood and loving yourself. And CC's yeah. vagina. That's right. Somehow we got, we, we always end up there somehow. <laughs> It all comes back. It all circles place. back. Yeah, circle of life. Everything comes to my vagina. <laughs> anyway, love Poor yourself. Jackson. Screw everybody else. Grab life by the balls. <laughs> there you what go. Ross said. Yep. <laughs> Draw the mic. <laughs> all right. Join us next week here for cutting up. Remember, if you can nip it, tuck it, suck it. Diet, pluck it. Pluck it. Diet. Do it. Cutting Up is a CC production produced by CC Chambers, distributed by Geek Factor Radio and SoundCloud. Sound effects provided by bensound.com. <laughs> <laughs>